Hello, and welcome to the Network Collective Community Roundtable. So we find ourselves recording this in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. And I have to be honest, that it's been a bit challenging finding motivation to talk about networking when there are so many other important things going on uh, in people's minds. I mean, who really cares about networking in a time like this? But as I started thinking about that very question, the reality hit me. It's everyone. Everyone cares about networking in a time like this because everyone, young and old, is using technology, networking, and specifically the internet to hold on to whatever normalcy they can in all of these crazy times. Networking and other core infrastructure skills, I mean, the fact is that they've never been more important than they are right now. Kids are able to keep moving forward with online classes, with devices in their home. Uh, many, not all, but many workers are able to transition to working from home, keeping their salaries intact and their businesses operational. Restaurants and retail establishments have transitioned to digital first strategies to be relevant to a market that has to stay at home and not frequent their establishments. Families are using online video conferencing to stay in touch and maintain important relationships, even through social distancing. And emergency responders and those on the front lines are using technology and the internet in their fight against COVID-19. We've all been dependent on technology, even before this all started, but that dependence has grown and grown significantly over the past couple months. If you were a networker or infrastructure engineer of any kind, you should be proud of the work that you do. It literally is making our current world a much more capable and enjoyable place than if the technology that you work on didn't exist. It's impressive how much change has been thrown at you and how technologists from small businesses to large businesses to web scalers to internet service providers have all stepped up and made it possible for the world to stay connected and stay productive in even the most challenging of times. You're all amazing, and it shows in times like these. So who cares about networking at a time like this? I do. Your families do. The whole world does. Uh, so thanks for those extra hours and for getting the job done on shoestring budgets, bailing wire, duct tape. You know how it goes. So the real question I was challenged with wasn't who cares about networking at a time like this. It's who cares about a networking podcast at a time like this. I imagine some do and some don't, uh, but we're going to take today's episode a bit lightly and just talk about what's on top of mine. You can join us if you like or not. That's completely up to you. But after the break, we're going to have a water cooler chat about all the things that are going on in the world. Uh, we hope you listen along. So today, and I'm going to butcher their name. So we have somehow ended up with two guests from <laughs> Venezuela on, in the same show. And unfortunately, I do not have the accent or the inflection or anything to say their names right. So I'm going to apologize from the front. <laughs> but it's uh, David Pinaloza and Yasmin Lara, uh, or Laura, or however you pronounce that last name. I know I got it wrong and I apologize. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us uh, for the conversation today. And if you haven't heard, Tony E., the infamous Tony E. Show IP interface brief on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he's going to be taking uh, a larger role in Network Collective, stepping up and co-hosting and, and helping me on the back end a bit. Uh, so he's here with us today as a co-host. So like it's, uh, it's a full group and I'm excited for the conversation today. And Tony, I'm going to kick it right to you from the start. We're going to make you, you know, just jump right in to the deep end here. You have been promoted. <laughs> <laughs> And the first thing I want to talk about is recently there's been a change in uh, certifications. We've seen Cisco adopting online proctored exams. Uh, this is relatively new. I didn't think we'd ever see it for Cisco exams, and now it's there. And I'm kind of curious uh, what your thoughts are about it. Yeah, so um, I'm really excited about the uh, online proctored exams where you can actually take these exams from home. On April 15th, the Cisco Learning Network announced that they're going where they're working with Pearson View to do online proctored exams. And 
I myself haven't taken one, but I saw that a lot of vendors were starting this trend. And given this time that we're in where everyone is sort of for, forced for social distancing and, and having to work from home and staying home, um, a lot of people started their journeys long before this work from home, this social distancing thing kicked in and sort of planned their tracks, planned their journeys to finish at a certain time. And for some people, this was the apex of their of their journey for whatever certification they were working on. And it was just so unfortunate to have Pearson View and Cisco and, and so many other vendors sort of close their doors and say, hey, we can't continue our business because we rely on putting people in, in close proximity to each other, like at a testing center. So on April 15th, when Cisco announced this, I think it sort of opened the gates and sort of relieved a little bit of stress to people who had worked so hard working for their CCNAs and CCMPs and 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 DevNet certifications. <laughs> uh, their, yeah, their <laughs> DevNet certifications. Um, I think this is a really, really smart move for Cisco, you know, as, as the Cisco Learning Network to keep that going, to keep that flow going. People People are excited about certifications, right? It's a it's a fun thing to do. And and it's even more fun to be able to finish that journey. And I think when testing centers closed their doors, it left a lot of people hanging like, oh crap, I've been studying for six, nine months, a year. How do I finish this journey? When will I finish? Well, now there's an opportunity to do that. And I think it's really amazing. Um, and I'm really happy that Cisco jumped on the bandwagon of of allowing online proctoring. I really think it's the way to go. And what I would like to see is that after this social distancing is over and, and we start hopefully flattening the curve and seeing this die back down, I'd like to see this still open as an available option for people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about people with accessibility problems that maybe can't get into their testing center Definitely. for other reasons. Mm -hmm. Now they have the ability to get certified at home. How awesome is that? I mean, let's say that we have a vaccine for coronavirus in a year. Um, so for a year, for an entire year, even if we start opening things, there are people who, like me, for example, are not going to be willing to go to a testing center to take an exam, even if other people are doing it because they are high risk for coronavirus complications. So it's not something that I think uh, vendors should have for like six months and then stop doing it. And. Um, no. mm -hmm. No, it shouldn't be something temporary. And this is one of the questions that we have, uh, well, we have just bounced to them over Twitter. And they told us, we are starting to do it this way and we'll keep it this way. So it will be another available option. It will. It doesn't mean also that as soon as the, the testing centers are open, then your only option will be this one. It will just be kept this way, which is awesome because in all honesty, the most stressing part of taking the exam is getting there. At least for me, because I need to sit at the, well, in my case, sit at the metro and then I walk a little. And then as soon as I get there, I say, hey, I come for an exam, but I need to pee first. I mean, it's just the nerves and the things that <laughs> it's it's awkward. At least here I can just, well, sit here and start hitting it as I did last week. And well, it kind of helps because also this time that you would be spending on going there and back. But you can use it for something else, like waking up a little bit later or doing something else whatever well now, david if you, you have kids yeah you've taken one of these right so i think of the panel you're the only one that's actually gone through the process so maybe it, it'd be good to talk about what the actual process looks like for a cisco exam at home because it's i mean I, the first thing that comes to mind is there already is a challenge 
uh, with people cheating and pulling the information out of the test mm. and those types of things. Mm-hmm. And this is this has That's been the pr- the primary reason why there's been a, a resistance to taking them at home because there's been lots of other certification paths that have been available at home for a very long time. And this has kind of mm-hmm. been the big resistance. Now, obviously, the world has changed and we have to adjust. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, what processes do they have in place that are meant to kind of keep the integrity of the test while still giving you the ability to move forward? Well, you would be laughing at this because it's kind of funny when you're not the guy doing it. But whenever you're registering, just first do the system test. So you do it once before actually the, the before the actual test. So they tell you, take a picture of your room and you say, okay. But then they give you a specific, uh, what's the word for this? A specific orientation. So they tell you, take a picture of your room facing your desk. And you say, okay. You take the first picture. And they say, now take a picture of your desk facing your room. You take another picture and you upload it. And then, okay, now take a picture of the left side of your desk, damn it. You take the other one. And then do you want the right side? You guess it well. Now take a picture of the right side. So you, you, you're, I don't know if they are building a 3D model with your pictures from all the directions or something. But you're taking all the pictures and then take a picture of your ID, take a picture of yourself. I took like seven pictures, which is okay. But that was the first time when I had to test my system for, well, that it would be working. And so that I was said, just in the so registration process? That was before the checking. That was before the test. Right before the test. No, no. When I did the test, I had to do it again. <laughs> oh, so this, this, was, this was part of the registration. Oh, so this was okay. up front. Yes. They wanted to see what area you were working in. Yes, I, totally. ahead of the exam, and then you had to do it again. So when you when you got on with a proctor, yes, the proctor yeah, also and, wanted to see your room, right? Yes, and the proctor is always looking at you at the camera, which is super weird because you see the light of the camera there when you're taking the exam. It's kind of awkward, <laughs> and also he can listen to you. So when I was when I was doing the exam, I was sometimes you know that you start reading and then you do something like you just do mumbling or you just do sounds, whatever. The guy just said, "Hey, it's not allowed to make sounds." I was like, okay. Because for a second, you forget that the guy is there listening and watching at you, and then he's just talking. And suddenly you're like, but but I was alone. And then, oh, yeah, right. Even you though you're by yourself, you're not allowed to make sounds? No. No, that's, you're not. That's really, I mean, obviously in a testing center, but that, that I always <laughs> thought that that was like a respect thing. Like other people are taking exams, don't make noise because obviously they're trying to focus. Like in your own house, what does it matter? Well, but I guess they're worried got, about cheating I, and that you're communicating with somebody or something. Maybe maybe you would be recording it or somebody will be hiding under my desk, you know, listening. I don't know. But oh, again, that's true. you could read each question aloud and then, then you end <laughs> up with a with a copy yeah. of the test. I guess that's yeah. true. Wow. Yeah. In, in all honesty, I wouldn't. Uh, well, although there are always ways that people can be cheating. Come on. That's that's been there all the time. But I don't feel like it's actually easier to cheat this way because you have the people looking at you all the time. Like, how did you do it? In which way? And I'm not. Well, okay, good. I don't know, good at cheating, so I cannot tell you, but I cannot come up with a way to do it. <laughs> That's what honestly, they all because, say. I'm kidding. <laughs> because, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, by my story now. <laughs> but uh, it's just that it's weird. And uh, another thing is that, okay, you finish your exam and then uh, you click next and all that. And then the, the, the software will just uh, uh, try to print a PDF and then you will be able to save your score report and everything. But during the registration, then the software will be installed in your computer. Well, it will be just an executable. It wouldn't be installed well, in the system. It will just be running temporarily. It will check 
uh, if you have something else open and if you have something open in the background, it will simply not open on the, the you always have somebody before the proctor. So the proctor comes later when you're taking the exam. But before that, when you're trying to launch it, you get to some kind of lobby and somebody will welcome you and tell you, did you close the applications and all that? And then they will tell you, you might want to double check because if there's something running in the background, it will not simply start because the system will just not do it. So it makes me think, oh, well, maybe just checking the task manager and see if you have some other stuff open, maybe some a screen recording or things like this. That might be then the, the way that, yeah, I guess that you can record your screen, but I don't know if their person systems are that stupid to allow you to do that. Yeah, that's interesting. I think this is I think this is fascinating. Hey. And this is like an incredible if we really think about it, this is like an incredible complete invasion of privacy. But <laughs> Completely, it, yes. but but it's one, right? But it's one that we're welcoming and it's because uh, I always say on, on the scale here, right? There's always security and convenience. And what mm -hmm. we're giving up here is we're giving up a lot of security, yeah. right? By showing things off and scanning our ID through a camera and stuff uh, for getting convenience, mm -hmm. you know, for getting the ability to take a test at home. And, and I mean, I don't know if anyone has a problem with that. I'm sure some people will say, you know what, I'm not going through all that to take the exam. I'll wait till they open the testing centers. And, and maybe that's their prerogative, but I feel like this is a good way to get things done. But um, in the testing centers, you also have recording and they also ask you for the ID. Yeah, it's not so in your house, the, though. I mean, well, th I think that's the difference. This is actually my concern. My concern is less about the security question. Um, in the testing centers, if there is a hardware problem or if there's something that happens, that's on the testing center, right? The only thing that you're responsible for when you walk into a testing center is to bring the knowledge in your brain. Like, that's it. Everything else is part of what you paid for. When you are at home and it's your machine, what happens if your machine hiccups? Mm. What, what, what happens if you lose your internet connection? What happens if in all of these scenarios, is that test attempt now lost? Is that money on you? Do you get another shot? Like, I mean, like, so like, I just have a lot of questions about some of the logistics about equipment and those types of things. Because if you walk into a testing center and they lose power in the middle of your exam, yeah, that stinks because you were already and you were there, but you're going to receive a voucher to go back on another day to take that test. What happens if that happens at your house when you're on the hook for the equipment? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure if you actually do give you something. Maybe not. <laughs> right? Because, well, I mean, but think about, just think about the ways that that could be gamed. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing well. Oops. I hit the power on my, on my machine. You know, like, oops, you know, like <laughs> now I get, another, now I get another attempt, right? Like, so like the, I, no. I could see this going both ways where that, I mean, you know, like there's, there's, there's just a lot of, questions in my mind um mm -hmm. uh, not only about the integrity of the process but but the way that things could be gained just from unintended consequences but again i know that this isn't new i mean uh, juniper's been doing this right yeah uh, yeah yes yeah, so they, yeah. they started this the beginning of the year right with yeah. with a lot of the 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 associate level tests that they were doing and they've introduced this idea and again it's not just it's not just tech tests but there are other tests as well so i mean like i'm sure there's a process to this it's just that I haven't investigated it fully and yeah. I, I'm already thinking about the ways that it could mess you up. Like, <laughs> I imagine they're going to have some kind of analytics. So if, for example, you're not doing well mm -hmm. and you decide to just power off your computer, they're going to know that you are not doing well. So there might be some suspicions <laughs> yeah. about that. They might, just they like might they do analytics. Um, I mean, when you pass, when you finish the exam, they give you a temporary... Yeah, provisional um, report, pass. Provisional yeah. Pass. <laughs> yeah. 
And they do this kind of analytics to see, I don't know, mm -hmm. if you were supposed to take two minutes in a question and it took you 15 seconds, that's going to bring some red lights. So yeah. I imagine that they're going to have something on those lines. Yeah, yeah maybe. Probably not going to be perfect, but <laughs> I guess. No, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Like, I, I think it, like, like Tony had said, like, if you've studied and you're at that point, because I know how that is, like, you kind of, you, you plan your roadmap. And people who are ready to take a test right now started before COVID-19 was really a big thing. Yeah. Like that's just the reality. Like it takes a while to get up to speed and to be there. It'd be immensely frustrating to not be able to continue down that road and to have no particular end in sight, right? Like, cause we don't know, we don't know when those testing centers are going to open up again. And like you said, like, I don't know, you know, like if you're as part of the, the population that might be immunocompromised or, or at higher risk, like, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to be taking the risk to go take an exam. Tomorrow, You're putting I'm everything on hold. I'm yeah, I'm not going until they have vaccine and treatment. I'm not going anywhere. So I'm, even I'm if actually not, opens, I'm not going. I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, again, I'm thinking, but why should I go to a testing center again? I can just do it here. Well, yes, unless my internet goes down. But now, uh, you only have a plant to worry about. What about people with little kids? I heard of someone who was taking a Juniper test and apparently in the middle of the test, his kid showed up and his test was canceled. Well, because the little kid just walked in and the proctor was like, ah, oh, no one is allowed to come when you're taking a test. So cancel. Well, it kind of makes sense. You, you will have either. Two, well, uh, <laughs> in my case, I you're only have to water the plant. Yeah, I only have to water the plant. Did you water the kid? So the thing is, if <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you change the diapers and feed them and turn on the TV so that they are entertained. Oh, man. So I think along the same lines, I kind of want to shift the conversation just a little bit. And that is specifically to the CCIE. So one of the things that happened that's also tied into this all this craziness around COVID-19 was that um, – we had this date in February where all of the tests were supposed to flip to the new versions. And that happened for everything except for the CCIE. The CCIE got uh, delayed for a while into April. I think about right as we're recording this, it was 24th, 28th, something like that. Like it was end of April that like there was a, a date and clearly we're going to, to go past that date. So people who were preparing version five route switch CCIE to sit a lab, um, they kind of were given a bit of a reprieve. Extra dates were added on between February and April. Um, at being someone that passed in a very similar time frame, I passed when version four was transitioning into version five, and I passed just before that that deadline happened. Exactly. There's a, there's a big shift in the blueprint. I think this one's even bigger than average because we're going from what has traditionally been a route switch exam to what is now enterprise infrastructure. The blueprint has changed quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there's an even bigger hurdle if you cross that line and we're going to cross this line without anyone really even getting the opportunity to take it. Right. Like all of that extra time that everyone was looking forward to. I don't know if anyone actually got to take advantage of it. And we're just going into enterprise infrastructure now. And that's just the way that it is. I mean, I've seen online um, that I, I think it was Yusuf who said it like, nope, that's it. Data is coming on <laughs> and, and off yeah, we go. I think people had two weeks maybe after they did the the extension, and then in March they just cut it. Yeah, when they when they start when they stopped so accepting maybe tests, they had this, the yeah, center, yeah. maybe they had these two weeks between the the end of February and middle May. Sorry, middle uh, March, and then after that, 
Yes, go. <laughs> so there might be like five IEs out there who managed to to pass in that in that little bit of grace period that did exist, <laughs> and a bunch of people who are disappointed who booked a schedule, yes, you know, so- in and around. And so, did did one of you guys say we were talking earlier? Did one of you say that there was some like mitigating stuff that Cisco was doing for people who were kind of yeah. in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. So so th- throughout my journey, you know, everyone knows I. have not everyone, but if you haven't known, I, for the past two years, I've dedicated most of my life to achieving a CCIE. I did on in January before the end of the test expired. But a lot of the people that I was studying with and that I interacted with on social media and, and in, in a different different uh, groups were also working towards their CCIE. And so like a lot Quentin. of people, Quentin, um, shout out the land tamer. Um mm-hmm. He's one and a bunch of other people too from Router Gods. Um, we're all looking to finish up uh, their CCIE adventure, the journey in January and February. And for those that didn't pass because they extended it to April, a lot of people got to buy another exam and a lot of them did buy another exam. And, and they, you know, here we are into April. Some of them were going to go this month and obviously the testing centers are still closed. So, Mm. so they, they get. I think if you can cancel ahead of time, you can get a refund. But if you don't cancel, then you get a voucher. And I think the voucher is good for one year. But of course, what that means is, is you're getting a voucher to take an exam. That's a new exam. That's material you haven't studied, you know, for the last two years. Um, and this isn't like NA level stuff where you know maybe a few months of, of extra studying can can get you over the hump. This is expert level uh, material. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so this is high level material. And uh, for some people, I mean, it just depends. If you got the time and the motivation, you can do it. But for some people who thought that their journey was going to be over, they didn't get an opportunity for a refund because maybe they want to do this in another few years. They want to start their journey up on the enterprise track in a few years. Maybe they're not ready to continue for another year. Um, so so you're given a voucher, and I think that was it. Uh, no, there was a voucher. They give you the voucher, and they were giving people also one year of uh, Cisco Platinum Learning Library. That's quite right. an expensive resource, right. actually. But yeah, right again, that it's like four thousand dollars, five thousand dollars lease yeah, price. Yeah, but it assumes expensive. that you're all again. Again, it, it doesn't. Yeah, again, it doesn't. It, it honestly doesn't replace or, or the opportunity that you would like to have. So I, I, I kind of just say that is the best way to do it, but. I just keep wondering if there was a better way to handle it. But given the current situation, I guess everybody is doing whatever they could. Because once again, just suppose that they would extend it again because of coronavirus. Because, but, but again, we don't even know when this is going to end. So yeah, exactly. should, I, should we extend it for another six months? Exactly. It. As we say in Spanish, correr la ruga, which means just stretching the wrinkle. So would you be just <laughs> doing this over and over? And then after a year, oh, we have extended it six times, two months each. The hell no. So I guess that also they they thought that it was just better just to cut it there and just continue. But well, no, I I I I disagree. I mean, I definitely don't think keep extending the deadline for for everyone to be able to sign up and buy a test. I don't think that's the right way. But if you had paid and purchased an exam that was canceled because because the labs were canceled, mm-hmm. then I think when the, when it's lifted, when they can reopen the testing center, the Cisco testing center. You should be able to take that exam. That's what I think. Now, that's, that's, defi- that's definitely a case by case basis. But how many how many people bought that? How it's many tough people though, because have it? 
they need a time when they can revamp the t- the testing centers. Like so, so when they switch a lab exam like this, there's all kinds of back end infrastructure that has to shift with it, because yeah. the versions of the tests change, the topologies change, uh, the, the questions that are getting graded change. And I know it's all virtual now, so maybe maybe it's not as hard as it used to be. I'm speaking of this as you know someone who had physical equipment where this might have been a bit more challenging. Uh, but the idea that all of a sudden you're going to proctor two different versions of an exam for a couple of months like that, mm. that doesn't seem very likely considering the challenges that are already in place for proctoring and grading yeah, and, also, and all this uh, stuff in uh, one uh, version. Of the exam. Putting, putting the other infrastructure there, it means not only spending a lot of money into resources, but also it will be space and, 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 and devices that you would not be able to use for something else because you will be running both at the same time. Have you even wondered how much do you need to, how much, how many resources, sorry, or how much, sorry, my English is not working. <laughs> how much of the, uh, do you need how much, how beefy must be your server to just run a DNA center appliance? Right. It, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty hefty. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I is. wonder, I wonder to Tony's point, how many people were in that, in that, I don't in know. that avenue? I don't know. Probably not even that many. You're probably talking about a couple hundred. Like, could you, could you just yes. put a, two week moratorium or a three week moratorium and say, but basically if you want to take this version of the exam, we're not going to offer EI for three weeks from whatever date after coronavirus is done and we can open the testing centers like three weeks that is going to be the old version of the exam. And then we'll flip over. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's still some, some possibility for that. I doubt it since they've already kind of made a decision on what they're doing. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what they do. Someone's going to be disappointed. You're never going to make everybody happy in, in something like this. It does sound at least they try to be equitable, but it does make some assumptions. The assumption is a, that you're definitely, were going to go for EI that you were definitely mm-hmm. have the time to try to get that blueprint under control within the next year. I think that they should make those vouchers good for five, right? Like, and, and that would solve the problem. Give the learning library for a year. So if you're in and you really want to go after it, you get access to the training material, you go, you learn what you need to do. You can do it within a year. If the voucher was good for more than one year, I think it would be equitable because then at least what you got what you paid for. And then you could take your time on the blueprint if that's your thing. Because some people, I mean, so for me, my CCIE process was get in, get it done. So it was studying. It was a lot of extra time. It was a lot of effort every single night. And it was push, 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 push until it was done because I didn't want to be one of those people that went five, six, seven years through the process. I wanted to be done. I wanted to move on with my life. And, and I get started with the next one. (laughs) No, no, I've seen your list. I'm not envious. Um, but, uh, but the, uh, the, uh, you know, like if I had to regroup on a blueprint, I might make a decision that like, Hey, I need a break. That that's a really reasonable thing for somebody who's been in it for a while to say, Hey, if I'm going to have to start with new blueprint material, I'm going to step back. I'm good on the baseline stuff. And so maybe, you know, maybe if Cisco is listening to this, maybe it might make sense to make that voucher a little bit longer just to facilitate those people. I think less people would have a problem with that. I would have, I think that would be more equitable because ultimately they paid for a test. You switch out the test underneath their feet, try to make it as fair as possible. The learning library is just bonus, you know, (laughs) like it really is just bonus. It's like, Hey, sorry, we had to switch the exam on you. You know, at least we're going to give you the tools to get there if you want to do it quickly. And off you go. Um, that I mean, that's interesting. I mean, it, it stinks, but I mean, like at the same time, like a lot of times we can poke at Cisco or the people who run these certification programs. They seem to make decisions that don't make a lot of sense. I'm agreed. You got to make a call though. Like there's got to be a mm-hmm. date. 
like this is the date it's got to move forward you got to mm-hmm. like you got to stop with the old and start with the new and so i don't blame them for that um i think that that is just reality and it just happened that you know there's a pandemic in the middle of it that we haven't seen in a hundred years <laughs> you exactly. know which just complicates everything and like yeah. i i don't envy their position it's just a difficult place to be speaking of training being handed out there's a lot of training being handed out yeah, if you're at home yeah. and you're a motivated person um <laughs> tony is dancing because because he's got multiple things lined up but like um uh was it plural site plural yeah, site yeah. they, yeah, they give a month they, they gave a month it was yeah, april bro. so we're we're saying this just as it's out so if you didn't know that you missed out on a free month of plural site and, and um, let me tell you why that was so amazing plural site has so many phenomenal instructors and classes and covers a lot of brilliant material but the one great Nick Russo has an entire library of material there <laughs> that if you ever Russo. wanted to consume it up, uh, uh, that was one way just to vacuum up as much knowledge from him as you can. And that's what I've been doing. I've been yeah. I've been jumping on the the Nick Russo bandwagon on on Pluralsight. He's got a lot of great material out there, and and this was one way for me to sort of test the waters a little bit uh, before I decide to to buy a subscription. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a great resource to see on here. Udemy as well. Did Udemy have sales uh, or something? So, so well, Udemy they always is, have some kind of sales. Just, but that's the thing. I don't trust them too much because they have some, I don't know, Black Friday and Orange Monday <laughs> and maybe the Green Tuesday. They always have some reason to make some discounts. So it feels kind of fishy, at least for me. So I, I've always wondered do. about the back end of Udemy because, because of that very reason. I've, I've got a bunch of Udemy classes and I don't think I've paid more than 10 bucks for any of them. So if you're a content creator, like how are you getting money off of this platform? I don't know. Yeah. Most of them are like $200, but you pay only one and you're like, right. and they click it. <laughs> no, there's, but there's some good courses on there. Yeah, the stuff that I've got there is really yeah, decent material. Yeah, some, some are good. There are some but, great, there are some great classes. In fact, mm-hmm. Udemy wasn't offering um, uh, like a, a site-wide discount or anything, but a lot of people, um, a lot of um, uh, content producers who have courses on Udemy, um, great courses, uh, we're giving them out for free as part of this, like, hey, if you got nothing to do at home, take this class. And so I went and signed up for a couple of them. Uh, the David Bomble, um, which is a Python for network engineers. Mm-hmm. That's been a great course. Also, um, Al Swigert's automate automate the simple things with python so okay. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in with python man that's what i've been doing plural site udemy that's how i've been um uh, biding my time here nice um did any of the vendors uh hand out the material because i don't think there was any like discounts on cisco Do you cisco press free stuff right now yeah, Juniper does. Juniper, 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 Juniper. Juniper, Juniper genius. Yeah, I am actually always going over the DevOps one. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. But yeah, it's, and they after you finish it because it's not just the training being free. After you finish it, you just do the, a test, and if you get seventy percent or more, they give it a voucher. Give you the voucher at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, I think they give you just a whole voucher for at least for the. Oh, they give it, the, okay, the because sometimes they do fifty percent vouchers yeah. when you take those. Uh, no, it's just for the and, and NA level only, I guess. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I I've also been diving into um, uh, speaking of online proctoring, like Palo Alto Networks uh, was giving away forty percent off uh, web promotion, and another fifty percent off web promotion for for varying level certifications. And they're, if you use the online proctoring, so they're just another vendor who's diving into this or jumping in completely to this uh, online proctoring 
for certifications. So I went ahead and signed up for both their SA and their and their SE. And basically I got two exams for $164, which was nearly 90% off. That's impressive. Uh, 90% off one of the exams, excuse me. Um, and and it was it, it was just one of those things that was such a great deal. I couldn't pass it up. And what else am I going to do with my time? I mean, I'm sitting here <laughs> working from home all the time. I need this motivation. And, and this was these these were just great deals, guys. Absolute great deals. That's interesting. So, uh, like, yeah. I got, well, go uh, along it, those go. lines, I think that I, I do want to call out because, I mean, like, there's this big push um, that, you know, use this to, to learn a new skill, use this to whatever, and all that's good stuff. Um, but I, I do think, and, and I think David, you had brought this up as we were, as we were chatting before the yeah. show that like, <laughs> we're all experiencing working from home and, and, and some of us are experienced working from home for the first time. Some of us have done it for a long time. Um, and I, and I think the one thing that's missed here, and I've said this to a lot of people, it just as I've talked with people about like, like some of this experience, cause I've worked from home for like the past six years. Um, so like I've done, I've done the work from home thing. This is not working from home. This is working during a pandemic. It's completely it's different. different. It's, it's a completely different experience. And so like yeah. where like I work from home every day and I just do what I do. You get to the end of the day, do whatever I get to the end of the day after this thing first started. And like, I'm exhausted. Like I'm ready for bed and like nothing changed. In fact, I had less actual work to do at least at the start of this. And it was just like, like what's going on? And it's the stress and it's the whatever. So I do mm-hmm. kind of want to call out, like if you're the person who's sitting here listening, it's like, oh yeah, there's all this free training and, you know, Tony E's like making you feel bad because he signed up for like 700 <laughs> different certification <laughs> exams and, you know, David's taken, you know, uh, DevNet at home in his underwear or something like that. You know, like, I mean, like all this stuff is going on, right? Like, yeah. it's okay if you're not. Like, it's okay if you're not. Like, I, that, I guess that's just kind of my Thank message. You. Thank yes. you for yeah. saying that. No, wait. <laughs> Yeah, actually, let me just call out something because uh, the fact that I took the DevNet exam, it first doesn't mean it was simple because I was at home and I had time. I actually had to focus and, and put, I would say, two or three times the same effort because if I usually get distracted, as I was saying before the show, that I'm the kind of guy who is just trying to read something and then, oh, I fly. And I would just get, you know, my attention would just disappear. And for me, and when I was in this situation trying to read, I was trying to digest some content. And some of the content was actually quite heavy, and I couldn't. Uh, then I had to reread everything again. I had to rewatch all the videos again. It wasn't simple. It, it's not the same. Yeah, you're at home. And yeah, you can ask for delivery for many other things. Like some days ago, I had this craving for sushi. and But that doesn't mean it's... <laughs> Like it used to be at home. It feels weird. It feels different. And right. Yeah, then you have everything. I mean, a, a bunch of stuff in the background. For yes. Me, um, I worry about my family in Venezuela who don't even have, you know, food. And yeah. David can relate to that. Yeah, I can relate so, somehow. Uh, it's something that is <laughs> always, always in my mind. Um, uh, my kid, my oldest, is... Um, applying for college so he doesn't know what he's going to be doing and he doesn't even know if he's going to get started in the fall um he's actually been a little bit sad by the fact that he's not going to have his graduation ceremony and the prom and all the you know the things that kids look forward to when they are uh, seniors so uh, it's been difficult for him and as a parent you keep that in your mind too like you know that your kid is going through that yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it 
Right. You're, you're not only worried about your own stuff. You're and only worried on top about of somebody that else's. Is yeah. The fear of getting sick. Yeah. I am, I'm panicked. I'm completely freaked out about it. Because uh, I know that my body would have a very hard time if I got sick. So I cannot get that from my mind. <laughs> right. And my husband goes to the supermarket, and as soon as he comes back, he goes to the shower and throws the clothes that he was wearing on the washing machine. And then I go downstairs and I clean up all the groceries with alcohol. <laughs> and when the grocers are finally in the cabinet, I'm exhausted. Right. Because there's all that tension, you know, coming to clean that and, you know. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of proud to meeting people and talking to people and all that. And yeah. actually, I'm doing my best to do it now in Czech because before I wasn't. Yeah, but now I'm just walking around, and when somebody comes, I'm just trying to move to this side, trying to move to the other <laughs> side. You're actually just looking for the escape route yeah. because you don't want to be closer to anybody, and feels really awkward. And you're missing I mean, I the warehouse. So, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> so, so I do want to kind of kind of bring this up to tie this in this. This, if you're not if you're not taking classes, if you're not pursuing a certification, if you're not using this time wisely, you know a lot of people are trying to spread positivity during this time. It, that's okay. Um, I too was sharing a lot of fear, like you, Yasmin, um, and and like David, I have to be with people. So actually, during this whole time, I was kind of falling into a, a pretty big depression just from not being around coworkers, not leaving the house. It's been terrible weather here, so I'm not like getting sunshine. And one of the things that has helped pick me up out of this was signing up for some courses and learning the material. And here's why. Because when I'm head down and I'm working in the command line and I'm learning something, either Python or some CLI or Juniper or Cisco, I get that tunnel vision, that focus where actually I get to block out all of the concerns about coronavirus and all the fears and the groceries and everything. All of that doesn't matter while I'm sitting there focused on something. And, and that's where I get that from. And so I tried these free classes and I said, wow, I'm, I'm enjoying it because for that hour or two hours that I'm head down learning something, the rest of the world and all of the other crap that we're dealing with right now, it kind of yeah. just melts away. And I'm not doing it to, to make myself super successful. I'm doing it to keep my own sanity. And it's actually helping. So if you're the kind of person that's a little bit down, a little bit depressed, and this is coronavirus, working from home is, is weighing on you, try to take up a class and see if it helps. If it doesn't help, no, no problem. But if it does help, then you'll be glad to have that tool. Yeah, I mean, that's a good we point. Can, we can even promote it. Did you see Tony? You want to look, <laughs> look as sane as he looks? Take a hurt. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Tony is there like... <laughs> no, I think that's part of it. I, so for me, I've actually been finding, you know, hobbies and other things, um, mainly because I don't want to get lost in work because I think that that can be uh, that can be a rabbit hole. I mean, every person has to kind of make those decisions for themselves. Um, I have a I have a tendency to escape that way, escape into work, which is not good in the long run. And so I've been intentionally trying to find some other hobbies, hobbies outside of, of network collective and hobbies outside of uh, my day job and trying to keep those things, what they are and trying to find some other things. And so I've started some projects with friends. I've been um, with network collective. We spent a lot of time focusing on the social aspect, less on the shows and more on the social aspect, trying to get people together. We've thrown some happy hours. Effectively, I'm going to throw together one. Well, I'm going to say next week as we're recording this, uh, it will be the week that we release this. Um, so I don't know. 
keep an eye out. Well, now, 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 now I'm just committing actually, to it. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody's trying to find a hobby. So yeah. I actually see that a bunch of people around me suddenly know how to do bread. Bread so was the, the super <laughs> surprising <laughs> thing out of there. The first, the first two weeks, I couldn't find uh, the, the what's the, yeast is the word? Yeast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeast. Yeah, I'm thinking of the name in, in Czech, Drozdy, but forget it. So now you have uh, three languages to worry about. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's terrible. And then suddenly I'm starting to look for it and nothing. And then you see that people just get bananas, no toilet paper, which is uh, oh, yeah. it's just irrelevant. I don't understand this. No hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. Also, but, yeah. but the toilet paper, are you just 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 doing just some toilet paper for it? To keep yourself safe it's just weird and uh no yeast uh, no uh canned beans and this kind of stuff so then you go to a supermarket and well i guess i will just buy a butter <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> but that happened the first two three weeks and then things got better and everybody realized that you can do something else which is not only bread still a lot of people discovered they can bake bread and <laughs> some of them are beautiful but again is i understand that people are trying to find something to do and that's okay it, it's it's a situation it's kind of awkward i was calling my mom some days ago and how's it going and she's she was saying me oh well it's good you know at home <laughs> uh, what should i tell to her that okay yeah well i get it <laughs> so you, sometimes you just bro, run out of words Honestly, yeah, well, I mean, the, the funny trend in this, and so first off, that I, I think it's both awesome and hilarious. It's like people have discovered video conferencing. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> like, like it's existed the entire time. We could have done this all along. And the people that I video conference with more since this has started are all people who don't live anywhere near me. And so they're people I would have video conference with before. But for whatever reason, we're all, I don't say we're all, but a lot of people are reaching out for that social interaction any way they can get it. And video conferencing is just one of those methods where before people would be like, I'm anti-video, it's just going to be an audio call. Now people are all in on video because all of a sudden, like, I want to see another human being because I haven't seen it. But what I find is hilarious about this is a lot of people who are like, I don't want to talk about the virus anymore. I don't want to talk about whatever. It's like, okay, well, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Silence. It's that silence because nothing is going on. That's it's the only thing that's happening yeah. right now. Somebody There's weird. nothing I to talk about. Watch right. a baseball game. <laughs> right. There's no sports. There's no events. There's God, we don't want to talk about the news. Like, who wants to talk about the news right now? So, like, I mean, there's just there's just nothing in the world that's going on that's interesting. So we get on and have the same conversation over and over again. And it's about like, hey, how are you making out at home? Like have you made any bread? <laughs> like you made any bread? I, I was trying to, actually, I was having this discussion with a friend and we, what we do is that we talk about everything except the virus. He's in Mexico. So what I do is that I call him and we just end up talking over WhatsApp or then we change to Discord and then we play a game and things like this. And, and this is my way to try to, well, compensate it, right? Because I know he's also alone. He's single and all that. So then he's like, dude, I have been at home. I won't. For a while, so how are you doing? And then, oh, more or less the same. Dude, we end up talking six hours. <laughs> it was like three over WhatsApp and another three hours just playing a game. And actually, he got killed. But again, we're just playing a game and all that. And <laughs> and then after I finished, we have been talking six hours, dude. And he said, "Yeah, it was awesome." <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Very nice. Well, guys, I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. 
Uh, we like to give everyone an opportunity to find our guests out on the internet. So, uh, David, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Uh, Where can people find you online? Are you on social media? Do you have a blog? Is there places where people yeah, can come find you? Everywhere. Yeah. You, oh, uh, it, yeah. it's hard to miss yeah. you, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I go everywhere like yes. herpes. But yes. Oh, well, well then. <laughs> But I'm in I'm in Twitter at David Samuel PS. Initially in Twitter, I have this little thingy for the for the block that is there. Sometimes I update it. No promises, sorry. But yeah, fair enough. I do my best, but mostly Twitter. Just I'll be there. Hey, that that's the place to start. Find you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. How about you, Yasmin? Same thing. You can find me on Twitter. Y L A R A one. Y L A R A one. I love her blog name. It's fantastic. Oh, and I have a blog, and it's called Mom Can Fix Anything. Mom Can Fix Anything. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Very, it's very good. Awesome because then the first thing, Mom Can Fix Anything. Oh, yeah, she can. It's pretty cool. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. Well, I mean, that came from my kids when they were little. Yeah. I thought that I could fix anything for them with duct tape and super glue or crazy yeah. glue. A little bit of paper, hey, my, yeah. They're just the my stuff mom has house, a yeah. lot of my mom has really serious skills with glue and with uh, this this uh, what's the name for this? this? Yeah, the duct tape. Yeah. Duct tape she yeah. was really cute. Duct tape and really yeah. suddenly this is broken. <laughs> and not anymore. I am, I, am <laughs> the, I am the one that uh, fixes uh, stuff around the house. Nice, very cool. So Tony, how about you? Where can yeah. people find you? Yeah, I'm uh, at Show IP Interface Brief on Twitter, and that's probably the best way to reach out to me. You could see my little YouTube uh, uh, link there as well. But I just want to say one thing also. Out of A thousand the- subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> but today, today, YouTube told me I got 1,000 subscribers. Congrats. So, so I hit the mark. Um, but I want to say out of the four of us here, uh, Yasmin's blog is the one you want to visit after this episode oh, airs. MomCanFixAnything.com. It again. has amazing technical content mm-hmm. that you can't find anywhere else it is absolutely brilliant and also if you tweet at her make sure you put the one afterwards i made this mistake once Ooh. i was trying to tweet <laughs> at her and i put y l a r a and just that was it and then she commented on it a little later like uh that went to somebody else you have to put the one <laughs> so there is someone else out there on twitter who's receiving all of yasmin's tweets <laughs> there's an there's another david samuel p not ps david samuel p so the guys from learning at Cisco once had a mistake they made a mistake writing it and then some random guy from the uk was like what the hell is this mentioned <laughs> by some random people <laughs> nice uh, you all probably already know me already, but I'm at BC Jordan on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, you know, well, at this point, just go to networkcollective.com. That's the best place to find me. There is an old legacy blog out there with my name on it, but that never really gets updated. Uh, if you like this episode, uh, this was a bit different, but, uh, it, it was fun and networking anyway. Uh, but, uh, if you like, you know, networking content and you like podcasts, networkcollective.com, you can find us on your regular, you know, podcast distribution channels, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the regulars, uh, Spotify. Uh, we have a whole back catalog of episodes. Uh, we just crossed the three-year mark, too, so that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Oh, wow. Three years for Network Collective. Yeah, it's uh, started off as a very, very humble little idea, and it's uh, kind of just grown and, and, and built into something pretty cool, so we're proud of that. Um, I think that's it. So I uh, appreciate everyone who listened today. We will, uh, we will see you next time.